Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason, watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, we're going to give away $200 in slot play in the second hour of the show. First four callers are going to get 50 bucks each. They always have great promotions at Sasquatch and Wildcard. Later this month, they're giving away over, over $17,000 or up to $30,000 towards the lease rate purchase of a vehicle at Amera Ford. Sound pretty good? They're going to be doing that January 22nd and 23rd. Get on up to Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino in Blackhawk. Mace, how are you? You? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. We didn't do the show yesterday. We haven't done the show in a while. Yeah. But we're going to do a show today. Ready? Okay, let's go. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. I think Peyton's made up his mind on Fangio. And when I say made up his mind, he has made his decision. I don't have to wait until the Kansas City game to make a decision. I think he's made up his mind. He better have. Because I, I, I can tell you right now, if he doesn't have his mind made up, he has to. He's too smart not to. If you need one more game to throw into your computer and spit out an answer, then maybe you're not long for the job if you don't have enough data by now. I mean, I think maybe the only the only data point that is left is uh, his sort of an end-of-the-season meeting right? to see, okay, uh, this is what's wrong. I have an idea how to fix it. Does your, does your perspective meld with what I am thinking here? And if it's not on the same page, then... You just probably say, okay, thank you, and uh, go your separate ways. I think one thing that's interesting is that in the 21st century, uh, there, Vic is the 14th coach to open with three consecutive losing seasons with a team, and eight of them got fired right away. Four of them got fired the next year. One, Jeff Fisher, because of a move, lasted a year longer. The, the, the clock has to be ticking. Are you suggesting that Peyton has decided to have a meeting with Vic, but if Vic says the right things, Vic still has a chance to save his job. I'd say maybe a chance, but I wouldn't say it's a great chance. That's why I said, has he yeah. made up his mind? I'd say probably the mind is about eighty percent made up. It shouldn't be eighty percent made up. I agree. It should be. It, a, it should be a hundred. You don't need any more data. What in the world is a game against Kansas City going to tell you that you haven't learned already? By looking at tape over the previous two years of this team, looking at the record, and then seeing this year. If you need one more data point, then you are a guy who just can't make decisions. And I'm going to give you the biggest reason why Vic Fangio should be relieved of his duties. And believe it or not, while it has something to do with clock management, while it has something to do with timeouts, while it has something to do with not letting go of Pat Shermer earlier. Although, listen, I, I hear a lot of people say, Mace, Vic Fangio should be let go because he was the guy who hired Pat Shermer. 
uh, I got news for you. There are lots of GMs who make hires that don't work out and they don't, they get fired because they made one hire that didn't work out. So that is absolutely ludicrous and lazy analysis. Would you agree on that? I agree. Okay. Yes. Vic Fangio's defense is very good. I think that I don't I think that people are overrating it a little bit, but I think it is more than pretty good. He has made a lot of mistakes as a head coach. Quite frankly, he doesn't really endear himself to the players. There are a lot of reasons why he should not come back. But can I give you the biggest reason why? I'd love to hear because you've been building up to it. Because who the hell are you going to hire when you have a lame duck coach? Meaning, let me finish. Who in the world is going to come here as a potential one-year offensive coordinator? Bingo. One-year special teams coordinator. Because if Vic Fangio gets gets let go, right, chances are those guys and all the other coaches are going with them. You're basically saying, I'm not willing to buy milk, and I'm definitely renting and not buying. And something else to consider here as well. Let's say you are forced to draft a quarterback, and Vic Fangio is gone after one season. Do you really want that new quarterback having to learn from two different offensive coordinators in two separate years and here's the thing the only way he could attract coaching candidates to the staff of any quality would be if he knew he was going to get a head coaching job like a good example john fox in carolina had a lame duck here in 2010 but people understood that john that fox was going to get hired somewhere he knew it most of the league knew it so he was able to go to for example tyke tolbert very good receivers coach, and say, look, I may not be here after this season, but I'm going to be a head coach somewhere, and I will take you with me. You're going to be okay. And thus, he was able to get Tolbert, who came on to Denver and ended up winning a Super Bowl as the Broncos wide receiver coach and uh, still a receivers coach in the NFL to this day. Fangio is not going to be able to offer that because if it doesn't work out next year, he is not going to be a head coach again unless it is interim somewhere at the end of the season. He can't offer that to any coaching candidate, that security. And so it will be very difficult to attract the kind of coaching candidates that could potentially move the needle in areas of desperate need. Give me an adjective that you think would describe Vic Fangio's emotions. You can only use one, and I'm only going to use one, that would describe Vic Fangio if he was told, we're relieving you of your duties. Give me one adjective only that would describe how you believe he would feel. And I'll, I'll throw, some, th- throw some at you as hints if you want to use them. Angry, pissed off, thrilled, whatever. Pick one. I think you actually named it when you said relieved of duties. I think he'd be a little relieved. That's exactly the word I would use. Relieved. I think he wants out. He's tired of meeting the media every day. He's tired of answering all these questions. He loves to coach the defense. He's tired of having to make decisions on timeouts. He's tired of being second-guessed by the media all the time. He's tired of having to defend how he feels about Drew Locke. He's tired of having to defend Pat Shermer. You become a defensive coordinator. You meet the media once a week. That's it. You only deal with half as many players as well. And I think that's another thing that with, with Vic Fangio, that when, you ha- when you're a head coach, 
you have to manage to some degree twice as many people. And you have to manage everybody on the roster on defense. Yeah. Yeah. Defense, you're cutting that down by a little more than half because there's the specialists as well. Uh, So that to me, he's proven he can do that very well, exceptionally well. Do what exceptionally well? Manage a defense. Yeah. Managed managed twenty five people. By the way, where's he going to be? And, where's he going to be in the stadium? Right where he wants to. That's be. another thing. He wants and, to be in the box. It always has bothered me that he has talked about how he sees the game better. Yeah. But it's always bothered me. Why, okay. Why don't you go up? Just tr- it wasn't working. It hasn't worked on the sideline. What would be the harm in going upstairs? and being a head coach and calling the defense from up there. You know what? There was a time long ago where people said coaches who wear headsets on the sideline can't win. But Believe it or not, you're old enough to remember that. There are always these stupid little, uh, th- these stupid little tropes that exist out there, okay? That until somebody does it, they say, oh, well, no head coach ever won a Super Bowl wearing a headset. And then the 49ers with Bill Walsh won. Give me a food. So that, that you know what? Eventually everything changes. Give me give me two foods you don't hate, but you don't particularly like. And then give me a food that you really like. Okay. Um I'm perfectly fine with uh with stewed carrots. Okay. Give me I'm another. I'm perfectly f- fine with mushy peas. It's okay. a very British. But you're not crazy side. about it. You're not crazy about if it. If no if I never had mushy peas the rest of my life, I'd okay. be fine. But I'll have now, I'll eat them if they're there. Now give me a food that you really like. Lobster roll. There you go. So, defense is the lobster roll, offense is the cooked carrots, and the mushy peas are the special teams. <laughs> and That's Vic a fun fa- way of Vic Fangio it. is standing in front of a buffet, and he, all he wants is what? The lobster rolls? Yeah. That's pasta all he... And, he wants the pasta and meatballs. That's... All, well, no, in, yeah. using your analogy, yeah. he wants the what? The lobster what? He wants the lobster. He, he wants lobster thermidor. He wants, but he can only eat it half the time. He is forced to choke down mm-hmm. the carrots and the mushy peas while he's eyeing the lobster thing and thinking, "When can I get back to this?" Yeah. You know what? I think he's more than willing, with the money he has probably collected in the bank from all of his jobs and at the age that he's at. Good for him. Let him do what he wants to do. And he's going to be paid very well for his next job. Yes, he to is. To be a defensive coordinator. So with that, why not just sit down and have a plate of lobster rolls? Have what you want. They pay you to eat it, and they pay you really well to eat it. I'm not looking to push Vic Fangio out the door. I look at it from the side of humanity that I would never call for anyone to be fired. But you have mm-hmm. to look for what is best for the organization and not what is best for the individual. And with that, let's talk about another individual after the break. Did you see anything in Drew Locke that makes you believe he should be back either as the starter, competing for the starting job, a backup, not on this team. Because if you listen to Lockheads, oh my God, did you see this guy's numbers? Did you see no turnovers? Did you see his <coughs> did you see his numbers? He has eight consecutive turnover free quarters. I mean, that is something to hang your hat on. Mace, you know what you're doing? You are defending yourself here as you defended yourself on Twitter with Lockheads. Don't do it with me. That's next.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. Okay, we both watched Drew Locke play. Uh, previous week against the Bengals. We watched him play against the, uh, or we watched him play against the Bengals, watched him play against the Raiders, watched him play against the um, Chargers, right? Okay. With that, from what you've seen overall, and specifically, let's start it there. Did you watch that game and say, okay, maybe the Broncos have something here? No, I, I watched that game and said I think he's better, but uh, I think the Broncos have a uh, a a middle tier to lower middle tier starter. So ba- that that's the ceiling. So basically, I think the Broncos have a a a quarterback who can be a a fringe and spot starter, but uh, probably long term is a high quality number two. If you're ranking the quarterbacks one to ninety six in the league, probably somewhere around Mace, 35, 34. Mace, are you blind? Did you see his quarterback rating? I did. I mean, that's fabulous. Did you see his QBR? You better believe I did. And that's why you know what? Here's the thing. I put out I, I I'm taking Those here's aren't the, the numbers to look at, by the way. Yeah. Those are one, there, one. there are other numbers to look at. No, no, no. The numbers you're looking at are not the same numbers I'm looking at. Passer rating, QBR, EP, expected points nope. added per play. Not looking at any of them. Completion percentage nope. over expected. Nope, nope. Those aren't the numbers I'm looking at. See, I, I look at those because I'm not big on the whole QB win stat. One number I would look at, though, mm-hmm. is points and yards per possession. I, I'm not looking at any of those when evaluating Drew Locke. Which aren't good for Drew Locke, but they aren't good for the offense as a whole. When, when, I'm, when I'm evaluating Drew Locke, for the Chargers game mm-hmm. only, I'm not even eva- I'm not evaluating any of those numbers that you said. As a matter of fact, I'm not even looking at them. Even though on balance they reveal he had kind of an average game. No, you want to know what numbers I'm looking at? Sure. Twenty-one completions, twenty-seven attempts, two hundred and fifty-four yards, nine point four yards per pass. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, 78 quarterback rating, and 131 quarterback rating. Wait, okay. 78 QBR, 131 quarterback. Passer rating. Passer rating. Yep. Those are the numbers I'm looking at. And you're thinking, what the hell are you talking about, right? That was Davis Mills the week before who plays (laughs) for the Texans who pinned up 41 on the Chargers. A Chargers defense that did not have nearly as many people as it did 
when they played the Broncos. To be fair, to be remember fair, remember that that was the game where they got hammered by COVID. They didn't, have, you know, they didn't have Joey yep. Bosa, for example. Right, Derwink James had a hamstring yep. injury. Yada yep. yada. Yeah, you and have they, to note that. Yeah, and the Chargers defense in their last however many games. 41 points, 34 points, 21, 22, 28, 37, 27. Right. It was it, it's not been good, but it was down it was downright cataclysmically bad against the Texans. They got their players back to be what they were before, which was not a good unit. And yeah, one touchdown in garbage time. A week the week before, one touchdown against a struggling Raiders defense on a the one touchdown on a one-yard drive. Here's the thing. Pat Shermer did not do Drew Locker, the offense, any favors by running a trick play on fourth and goal from the two. The old modified Philly special. Okay. Especially when you have a quarterback who has an injured shoulder. Maybe maybe he's trying to protect Locke so he didn't have to throw it. I suppose that's the excuse. By exposing him to a hit from Joey Correct. Bosa? Correct. Okay. <laughs> then you have... Fourth and goal from the one, and then you have an illegal procedure penalty, right? Yeah, because the tight end was lined up outside of okay. uh, the tackle. And oh, by the way, thing. if I'm going to pin something on uh, Vic Fangio here, yeah. please explain to me in the first quarter, you're down 7 nothing. you're at midfield, you want to go for it on fourth and six, yet when you're down by, what, 17 in the fourth quarter and it's fourth and six, you don't go for it. Well, in his defense, it was... Um it was getting it down two scores. Yeah, I know. That's that's the, uh, with all due respect to you, that's the lame excuse. I'm I'm not saying the. I'm saying in his defense, yeah. I would have gone for it. But that's of course you go for it. Uh, th- I'm just saying You're that, for your that's the lo- That's the logic. Okay. You can say whether it's wrong the, or not. With but, the way you've been moving the ball all yes. day and scoring, you better go for the touchdown when you have a chance to get it. This is what I don't like about Drew Locke. Okay, this is what and this is where I go on my rant. The Broncos are down 20 to three. With about three minutes to go in the third quarter, you could take all the numbers you want to and stick them in a blender and spit them out any way that you want to. I don't know if you remember the play, but they're roughly at like midfield and Drew Locke points to Joey Bosa right before the snap and yells out, he's tired. You see this? No, I didn't see this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Points and says, he's tired. Again, I, I, there, Hold are, on, let me finish. there are things I see there, but there are things you see on the broadcast. Okay. Yeah. So with that, who's number 19 for the Broncos? He's a fill-in wide receiver. Williams? is it? Seth Williams. Seth Williams. Seth Williams absolutely whiffs on a block. On Joey Bosa. Whiffs. And Melvin Gordon gets tackled for a four-yard loss. Had no chance. I mean, literally. No chance. Yeah. Bosa's there. I didn't realize that we were tired. But I remember the play because Bosa's there literally when Gordon gets the handoff. And Bosa, after hearing what Locke said, starts walking up to him. And you can see Locke smiling, giving him a thumbs up like, nice play, pal. I tried to egg you on, but nice play. This is how I look at that. It's kind of like golfing with a couple of tour pros. And you're the guy who's consistently double bogey every single hole. Drew Locke's double bogey guy. Don't be talking crap and garbage to the pro. Because that's what he was doing. 
It is such a lack of maturity that he doesn't understand that the only reason he is in the game is because Teddy Bridgewater is not healthy. Yeah, I found the clip, by the way, and okay. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Chargers actually put it on their Twitter. Hey, uh, Drew, shut up and play. And that's what I would say to him. No, no one's out there, you know, uh, yucking it up when you're down 20 to 3 and you're talking trash to the best player on the field because you just want to be one of the guys. Hey, I'm a professional football player. Look at me. I'm on the field. No, you're a double bogey golfer. You're a backup quarterback in this league with no resume to speak of, and you're talking garbage. You're talking smack to Joey Bosa, who, oh, by the way, just blew up your running back, and now you're smiling and giving him a thumbs up. Shut up and play. That's the lack of maturity that I don't want in my quarterback. Now, if you have that type of cachet, if you have a Hall of Fame resume, a Pro Bowl resume, I suppose you can talk smack. Listen, Philip Phil Riv- Rivers. Phil, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Philip Rivers likely will not go into the Hall of Fame. I think he eventually will. He might, but the point is that guy's a... He may not be accomplished. He started for 15 years. Yes. Most of them were very good. Right. You don't have to be a Hall of Famer to be right. able to kind of have skins on the wall like That's he right. did, as John Fox and, would and say. Listen, yeah. he never went to the Super Bowl. I get that. A lot but of great players never that, go to the Super Bowl. That's right. Yes. But he has a lot of cash. So. Philip Rivers, one of the all-time uh, trash talkers, who, by the way, never swore. That was which what was pretty. It made it funny. You know. God dog it. I know he would right. say God because he's you know, uber Catholic. Gosh, dog, you. Yeah. So he would really. Here's the thing. That's what I don't like about. See, what happens is if you're a guy who has a lot of success, then you got a lot of moxie. Yeah. Then you love it. Kind of like Baker Mayfield loves to talk on the field, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He's not doing a lot of talking now, is he? With the way he's been playing. And by the way, I mean, yeah, the other thing like, uh, you know, with Drew Locke, for example, remember last year, I think it was in the Kansas City game when he had that touchdown scramble and he did a little dance after it, right. it was early in the game. Yeah, no, 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 you don't do that. You know what he is? He's the guy who's the double bogey golfer who finally, after 17 holes, gets on the green in regulation after worm burning it down the fairway. He barely got it off the ground, but he worm burns it because the fairway is going down towards the hole. You talking about so, me? <laughs> so he's finally on, and he's talking smack to the tour pro. That's him celebrating a touchdown. Just stop it. Let your play do the talking for you. Yeah. Don't be trash talking Joey Bosa, you idiot. That's not, if you want to, if you want to trash talk another backup, knock yourself out. Don't, like the Jim Croce song. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. You don't pull the mask off the O-Lone Ranger. And you don't mess around with Joey Bosa or Jim, whatever you want to call him. But that's what Drew Locke's doing. It's a little game to him where he can have his little one-on-one conversation with Joey Bosa on the field. And then he watches his running back get trucked. Locke looks at him. Smiles, gives him a nice thumb up, like good play, good play, pal. No, shut your mouth, Drew. Just play football. How do you think Melvin Gordon felt about that? I don't know. I don't know. But he got trucked, and it wasn't Drew's fault. Melvin had no chance. It wasn't. Literally Drew, had no. Listen, shot. it wasn't Drew's fault that nineteen Williams 
miss the block. The guy's a backup wide receiver. Right. Practice squad guy most and of the And I understand that. But at the end of the day, Bosa just shut you up by burying one of your players. And what's your reaction? You smiled and you gave him a thumbs up like, nice play, pal. Stupid. That's why I don't want him as my quarterback. Don't tell me about his quarterback rating. Or I'll fire off that story in his 18 QBR at you. And I'm not suggesting Teddy Bridgewater's the answer either, because he's not. Speaking of Melvin Gordon, he said at yesterday's press conference, got talent across the board, well-built team, Super Bowl team, we're better than our record shows. You know, listen to Vic Fangio in press conferences, he seems to blame the execution. That's on the players. So they have a Super Bowl roster, yet the coach keeps saying it's the execution, so which one is it? Who's throwing who under the bus here? That's next. And we can dance. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us at milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mason Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. Uh, we do it every Monday on the show. We didn't have a chance to do it yesterday, so we'll do it today. A Rocky Mountain Forest product shout-out question to our friends Ty Calcane and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. Melvin Gordon said at yesterday's press conference, we're so talented across the board, it's ridiculous. It's such a well-built team. It's a Super Bowl team. We're so much better than what our record shows. Vic Fangio it seems like week after week, specifically when pointing towards one side of the ball, it's usually the offense. He blames the execution. So if you're blaming the execution, you're blaming the players, right? Yes. You're saying the plan was good enough, but it wasn't executed properly on the field. Does it seem like that one side, the players, is throwing the other side, the coaches under the bus, and vice versa? Just nobody wants to take responsibility for this? Yeah, although I'll say this for Melvin Gordon in the course of his responses on Monday. He did detail how, 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 hey, if... If Pat Shermer has a bad play call, it, it's up to us on the field to make it good. Did he say those exact words? Something to that degree, yes. Yeah. Well, listen. Yes. When's the last time you heard a player even reference or hint at, well, if it's a bad play call, I suppose we just have to execute it. Now, if you remember, Drew Locke said about the fourth and two play mm-hmm. from the two-yard line. Yeah. I mean, he essentially threw Fangio under the bus, yes. saying, you know what? We've barely practiced this. We have new guys on the field. All week, we didn't practice this full speed, yet we ran it anyway. And a comment that Fangio said about the offense not finding a rhythm when it was brought up to Drew Locke at his press conference right after that on Sunday after the game, Locke mentioned the 70-plus yard drives and said, oh, well, it seemed like we did have a rhythm. So clearly, you've got the, there is the finger pointing back and forth. 
which is usually what happens toward the end of a coaching era. Yeah. Guys, what do you think? I'll tell you something else I think. Um, there's not going to be a going away party for Pat Shermer, Tom McMahon, or Vic Fangio. Mm-hmm. But there will be a party when they're all out the door. And it'll be don't let the door hit you on the way out type of party. Yeah. Um, I w- think the guys in that locker room are ready for some fresh voices. There will be some tears shed if these changes result in a lot of position coaches going. No question. There will be genuine sadness if Mike Munchak isn't back. Right. If Bill Kolar isn't back. Right. If Reggie Herring isn't back. Correct. Curtis Modkin, Zach Azani, in particular, those coaches. Let I me know. ask you something about Zach Azani. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that the wide receivers have really done a great job of beating their man? I think they're open more often than the quarterbacks get them the ball. Okay. I know Jerry which, Ju- I know Jerry which says Judy. yes they are beating their man. Okay, I know that is the case with Jerry Judy. Are you saying that consistently or then or just tell me I need to watch more tape? I would say this, first of all, Tim Patrick is not a guy who's going to get huge separation. He's an in traffic receiver. Okay. And he has gotten better over the years. Yep. Cortland Sutton I'm giving him a pass for this year coming off the ACL. Six, 16 games into it, you're still giving him a pass? I, I'm, I ten, 16 games in. I'm very forgiving of production being down the year after an ACL. Expe- That's not what especially I asked. Especially at a position that is Mace, ex- as explosive as water. I didn't ask is. about production. Right. Because we know the offensive system isn't very But Jerry, Jerry Judy all, was always a guy who got separation. Because guys. he runs great routes. Right. I didn't ask about numbers for Corlin Sutton. No, well, but he's not. He can't get separation right now because he's not all. He clearly isn't all the way back. At least to my eyes. Okay. And I and I'm going and and frankly, um, I think, I think the Broncos understand this, and that's why you saw them give him the contract in spite of the season being off. And it does not help when the production from the quarterback position ha- is average or below average. I mean, Bridgewater is going to end up pretty firmly in the mid to lower mid tier of quarterbacks, which is still the best the Broncos have had since Super Bowl 50. It's the best season he's ever had as yes. a quarterback. No, let me repeat that. He no. has had a career year. Right. And he hasn't played a full season. And he's had a career it's mid year. To, it's mid to lower mid tier. Drew Locke is playing bet has played better, although like you mentioned there are certain uh graces of, of the quarterback position, certain nuances like as you say, don't tug on Superman's cape. To uh, to quote from Jim Croce, um, I think uh, the, you know basically messed with bad Ben Leroy Brown one too many times. Perhaps you here's the say. truth: I would much rather watch Drew Locke out there than Teddy Bridgewater. A lot of people would because he pushes it down the field a little more. That's right. There, there's a little bit of there. There's the potential you're be for bad, a bigger you're still play. Be boring. There's the potential for a bigger play, but yep. there's also the potential for disaster. There is, but we haven't there seen. Was, but we, we haven't seen that disaster yeah, eight, in the last couple. Of eight games. quarters without a turnover. That there you being go. said, you had two passes that were in the defender's hands. One of them, Kendall Hinton, did fall down. But at the same time, I was watching. I had the angle that's the opposite of the. Uh, of the coaches film. Yep. Like I was above like the, the the cameras at one end, I was at the other end, and I was watching Derwin James and he had kind of eyes on Drew Locke all the way. No question. And was reading the play. I totally agree with that as well. Bottom line is this. I, I I've been listening to talk radio all day and everyone's throwing out their favorite numbers to make their argument. 
There's only one number that matters. Is it the win-loss? Nope. Okay, Because that's not a number. Yeah. Points. No one wants to hear about the labor pains. All they want to do is see the baby. Don't tell me how bad Pat Shermer is as a play caller. Execute it. Find a way to execute it. And as the quarterback, you're responsible for points. Mm -hmm. And what we've gotten, I'm sorry, from Drew Locke, um, in the last game, how many points was he legitimately responsible for? You mean the Raiders game or the Chargers game? The Raiders game. Legitimately responsible. Six points. Six points. Well, well, wait, how many points did they score? 13. 13. I don't think he was responsible for six. The, uh, Chubb took it to the one-yard line, right? That's that's why I'm saying seven points off the board. And then there was oh, a- you're saying the three and out before the field goal, yeah. so three points. Three. Yeah. He was responsible for three points. Oh, but he was so much better. And then in this particular game, listen, Shermer screwed him on that ridiculous gadget play. I'm not going to debate that. I'll give Locke credit for very good work in terms of getting out outside yep. the pocket on the drive at the end of the first half, he gave Brandon McManus a shot. How many points they score? They got uh, how many points they score? Thirteen points. Thirteen points. So, in Drew Locke's last eight quarters, and it's really nine, if you want to go back to the Bengals game, back to the Bengals game. He had a, he had a touchdown in the third quarter of that game. Right. So in the last nine quarters, Drew Locke has led this team to sixteen points. Don't tell me about his completion percentage, his quarterback rating. I don't want to hear it. 16 points in nine quarters. They didn't score in the fourth quarter, did they? Against the Bengals? No. Oh. 13, 16 points in nine quarters. Now, what's your metric on that, Lockhead? Not Talking you. to me? No. You know <laughs> what I mean. At the end of the day, that's what matters. I'm just pointing out the you numbers. score more points yeah. than the other team. Don't tell me uh, about, you know, Teddy couldn't get it done. With Teddy, they scored more points. Period. Nine quarters, 16 points. That's not good enough to get it done in any league. Is it? Generally not. Yep. That's Unless it. we're talking about like 1977. But you know what? But you know what we got? This, this is what we got. We, we have the Jay Cutler effect. You know what the Jay Cutler effect is? When he went to the Bears. Well, Jay's struggling because they don't have an offensive line. Then they built up the offensive line. Well, Jay's struggling because they don't have a good wide receivers. Then they got him wide receivers. So that's the thing with Drew. Well, there were too many drops in that Raiders game. And then in this game, oh, Shermer totally screwed him. When are you going to hand some responsibility to the guy who over the last nine quarters has led the team to 16 points? Sometimes you only uh, understand the difference when you see a contrast, okay? And... The, the data contrast right now still favors Teddy Bridgewater, even though I think we can agree he's a lower mid-tier quarterback. But, you know the but with Jay Cutler, the thing that crystallized it was when Mark Tressman came in and they brought in Josh McCown as the backup. And McCown absolutely tore it up for five games. It was a lot better than Jay Cutler was. Yeah. And we can agree that Josh McCown is a fringe guy. He's somebody I like very much, but he's a fringe guy. Right. And you know played. what? Good for Drew Locke for getting those shots. And coming back out, first of all, he had to because there's no way he could sit the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. He had to take those shots. Good for him. A lot of courage to do that. Came back through a nice pass downfield to, I believe, to Cortland Sutton. And was, done, again, no done no favors being exposed to a hit as a receiver on fourth down when he had just taken a shot to get out there because of his shoulder. Broncos injury. fans work themselves into a lather when the ball is thrown over 20 yards. 
in the air. That's what Locke does. So when you get a couple of those, your mind instantly races and says, he's awesome. No, it's not that he's awesome. It's just you didn't see it from the other guy. And don't forget how often we're seeing stacked boxes against this running game right now. Yeah. And that's and that is a reason why some of those gaps have been there downfield. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? The Colorado Avalanche are fourth in their division in the new year here, and they're taking on the Chicago Blackhawks this evening out east. We'll talk about that game next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. So Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Mason. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products, Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public. Go to rmfp.com in the meantime. I've been telling you about Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood for a long time. They have it all. Every sports package, great food. Every seat's a great seat. Pool hall, 15 tables, happy hour. Are you kidding me? Two for one, wine well, drafts, three until seven every day. Free pool on Monday. And, you know, by the way, live music every Friday and Saturday. Here's the guy who concocted that plan. My guy, Chad, my golf partner, my buddy. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. You guys are you are you are heated today, Eric. Why? <laughs> Dropping Jim Croce references and uh-huh. this is good stuff. Well, thank you. Do you have any bands coming in playing Jim Croce? Uh, no, we do not. We do have a '70s band at the end of the month, and I don't I don't remember them playing any Jim Croce songs. But who's coming in? Play- Who, who's coming in this weekend? We have Bad Candy, good uh, hard rock band this weekend, and then we have a Steve Thomas band. They'll also do some classic rock and some current hits and anything from the 70s up until the 2000, 2010s. So and we got a couple R&B bands coming in later in the month as well, and then we have a 70s and an 80s band to round out the month. What? Um, tell us about your pool leagues. You still Are you doing those right now? Still got pool leagues going. We're actually starting up some new ones um, over the course of the next couple weeks on Mondays and Fridays and Sundays. And then in March, I'll be starting up my Tuesday and Thursday ones again. So if anyone's interested, they can contact me at the bar and we can try and get you on a team. Or if you have a whole group of five or six people that want to put a team together, you can absolutely do that as well on how, any one of the nights. How in the world can you get away two for one, wine well, and drafts three until seven every day? I mean, did you go out and scout out every <laughs> happy hour out there in the world and say, I got to find a way to top it, so here you go? I mean, it's a, it's a competitive business, so you got to offer something to try and get people in the door. And we have the great value from our partners and our purveyors and that we're able to pass that value on to our customers on, on a few of our select items that we can get good value on. So, um, but yeah, we definitely want to stay ahead of the curve. So love your menu. Uh, and I've had a lot of things off of it. One thing you got to get at Greenfields. Got to try our green chili. Yeah. I actually just made a batch myself on Friday. We home make it here in the bar and oh. it is phenomenal stuff. Okay. So anything with green chili on it, a Mexican hamburger, a burrito, or just a bowl of it by itself with a nice warm tortilla, it is spot on. How do people find you? 
So you can go to Twitter, Facebook, uh, greenfieldsbar.com online. It's our website. It's got the band page on there. It's got information. It's got a link to the bar if you want to email the bar, ask a question. Um, yeah, we're pretty much Instagram. We're everywhere. Did you find a way to see Jim Gaffigan when you were in Florida? I did not see a chance to Ugh. get a chance to go see Jim Gaffigan. I, I, I called my guy, and, and yeah. I don't know what happened. It's okay. We were we weren't just hinging on you. Mom, mom made a change of plans, and we ended up going to the horse races. So it was oh, fun. well, yeah. I, well, she knows her son because you're a she degenerative did. gambler. How'd you do? <laughs> uh, I hit the exacta on the first race for like. Did you really? So I did. Oh my god! You're well. That that just encourages you more. Thanks, Chad. Yes. No. Hey, Mace. I want to say real quick. Congratulations on the Braves winning the World Series. I didn't get a chance to congratulate you. On oh, that, so. thank you. Appreciate it. I'm actually wearing a Braves hat today. I see I'm that. Celebrating so, yeah, every congratulations day. Congratulations to you. <laughs> By the way, one quick thing before we let you go. Starting next week, we're going to be talking about how we're going to start promoting Mace and I coming down there, being mm-hmm. celebrity, not celebrity, guest bartenders. That's a better term yep. for me, not Mace. Guest bartenders, and we need to talk about how we're going to promote it. So you yep. and I will talk sometime next week because we're going to put some stuff on the air. Okay? Sounds good. Friday, February 25th. We're looking forward to it. See you, Chad. All right, guys. Have a good show. Late. Thanks. All right, time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, Colorado Avalanche on the road tonight in Chicago, taking on the Blackhawks. 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time puck drop, and the Avalanche won their first meeting after a long time off. The second half of December was a big-time break for most teams in the NHL. The Avalanche had not played since mid-December, and they beat Anaheim, who is second place in the Pacific. Pretty strong team, the Ducks. And uh, now they take on Chicago. Chicago not quite as strong. They've lost four straight going back to middle of last month when everybody went on break. What do you hope to see from Bednar and the Avs tonight as they are currently fourth in the NHL Central with 38 points? Just take care of business against a really shaky team. Simple as that. Hope Joe Sackick is uh, on this trip and maybe can have a conversation with the Blackhawks about possibly trading for Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, that's and, and again, if, if if you don't get kind of a real indication, Darcy Kemper is going to be the guy that, that backstops you in the, in the playoffs that to a level you expect. That's something that... Uh, that the Avs need to be in on and having conversations about. And again, like like we we talked about in an earlier show, the Blackhawks they're not going anywhere this season, and they're going to be doing some selling. I was impressed though by how the Avs look on looked on Sunday. I was not expecting them to be that crisp coming off the long layoff that they had. Good, a, a, a better than expected performance, I thought. All right. By the way, the Avalanche have just arrived at the United Center. I am watching them walk in off the bus, and I believe. Uh, they are carrying White Castle hamburgers, but that cannot be confirmed. But it looks like White Castle hamburgers. That's what people do in the Midwest, right? That's what uh, White Castle's garbage. You know where I went the other day? Where? First time ever. Where? In and Out Burger. And? It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. 
White Castle, I think, is more of a uh, quantity over quality type of thing. Get a sack of White Castles, they say. Yeah. And two o'clock in the morning. Immortalized by Harold and Kumar, go to White Castle. So you get a sack of White Castles after you've had a bowl, basically. Yeah. All right, that was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them, which is great customer service. And speaking of customer service, their sales staff, they've been there for decades. They can, they're going to answer all your questions. What I mean by that is they they ask you the right questions. They can answer your questions because you're looking for specific things. You're not going to walk in and say, hey, I need a refrigerator. Let them ask you the right questions so they can get you what you want. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville. You can find them in Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. And by the way, uh, great job by Mountain High Appliance in Louisville over the weekend. I think it was on Saturday from 2 to 6. They were giving away free food and water to all of the uh, victims in Superior, Louisville, in that area. So Mountain High Appliance keeping it strong in that area, giving back as always to the community. Coming up after the break, uh, this might sound like hyperbole, but I don't think it is. This might be the most memorable offseason. This could be the most eventful offseason for any team in any sports in the history of sports. I challenge you to find a team that is going to have more things going on than what the Broncos are going to have going on this offseason. We'll talk about it next. Love to do it. 